Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 321. Great leadership, it just hinges on building great emotional connections and being a stand-up person. And I do think not everybody in the world can lead a restaurant group, but everybody can be a good person and everybody can, uh, you know, work on building great relationships with people. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start? Or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day tasks that only you know how to do. If you feel this way, I've got good news. You don't have to do it alone, nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurantowner.com. And if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable, you will get a 10-day pass for only $1. Get on it. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is Click the tipsy banner in the show notes. Get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Carrie Luxem. Carrie, you got to tell me, are you feeling unstoppable? Absolutely (laughs) unstoppable. Yes, ma'am. That's what we like to hear. So as a human resource professional with more than 15 years experience, Carrie has dedicated her entire career to helping restaurant owners and operators navigate the complexities of HR policy. For more than a decade, Carrie served as the director of human resources for pot. Belly Sandwich Works, uh, where she was a key player in the 10-year expansion of Potbelly, which included growing the chain from three restaurants in one market to more than 200 restaurants in 10 markets. Uh, with her success at Potbelly Sandwich, she went on and founded Restaurant HR Group in 2010, and she's just been doing incredible things for our industry ever since. I can't wait to learn how you pulled off uh, this incredible feat of just growing, helping grow Potbelly and just to kind of soak up as much information from you as possible about how we should be humans and treat other humans. Uh, so I feel like that's yeah. what we're going to be talking about today. But before we really dive in and learn more about you, Carrie, get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. Take it away. <laughs> okay. Well, my whole thing is uh, really built around leadership, and I'm a believer in managing things and leading people. And if you do that well, your restaurants are going to thrive. And so that's my whole passion is, you know, managers. And I I believe that restaurant operators are managers and they are leaders and managers use their skills to plan and organize and coordinate and motivate things, the things in your restaurants and leaders really influence and inspire people. And so my whole passion is really around that is building great systems 
and and uh, having great people and leading people. So that's yes. what I'm. That's what I'm really passionate about. And like two or three sentences, just like spell it out. What's the difference between a manager and a leader? Well, I mean, I think a manager, a, a manager uses their skills to plan things, to organize things. Um, you know, they really get things done. And I, 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 too, I really believe I own a company. I own Restaurant HR Group and I get up every day. I work really hard. I have to manage the tasks of the day. And so I think that people do uh, have that responsibility. And then also on the leadership side, I think that's really inspiring people and getting people to see the bigger picture. And it's much more of an emotional connection. So managing our tasks and getting things done, which are super important in running a successful restaurant. And leadership is really about connecting with people, being a good human being and influencing the people in your restaurants or beyond. Yes. I love it. Awesome. So I gave the listeners just like a huge aerial view of who you are. Uh, Let's like dive deeper into how you got into the industry and uh, sure. kind of paint the path uh, of how you got to where yeah, you are today. Yeah, no problem. I, you know, honestly, I started, I grew up in Rockford, Illinois, and I started my very first job was at Dairy Queen when I was 15 years old. And I, I will tell you that I, it was life changing for me at 15 years old. I, I worked for this little Dairy Queen. I had the most incredible operators that worked there and they really cared about me as a person. And I really saw the impact that restaurant leaders can have in a person's life. And it really started there for me. And so I worked in various restaurants throughout my teenage years. And as I was in my 20s, I moved to Chicago and I met Bryant Kyle, who's the, the was the visionary of Potbelly and started at that company when there were just three restaurants. And I really, I, I didn't really have the level of experience to head up HR when I started, but I was super passionate about helping operators do their jobs better. And I just, I worked nonstop. I figured out how to run a pot belly. I worked in the restaurants and I, you know, really started to connect. You have to have really great systems if you want to have a successful restaurant and if, especially if you want to grow them to hundreds of stores and you have to have people that are leading the, the restaurants that care about people. And it's, it comes down to that. And, you know, leadership, I mean, there's a lot of talk about whether people are innately a leader or not. And, you know, and I think there's so many things people can do to just be a better person. And that in turn is leading people. But so I spent, so I spent about 10 and a half years with Potbelly Sandwich Works. I left Potbelly in 2009 and I decided my husband is also a restaurateur and I thought I would stay home with my kids and help my husband take care of his restaurants. And uh, people that I worked with at Potbelly started calling me and saying, hey, I need your help. I need your help finding people and and setting up systems. And I essentially, my, my business was born back then in 2010 and, and I've never stopped since then. So, you know, and Seven years later, we are working with some of the best brands uh, in Chicago as well as throughout the country, helping them uh, set up really simple systems throughout the life cycle of an employee. So how do you recruit people? How do you onboard them? You know, how do you make sure that they're happy? How do you terminate them properly? And I'm really passionate about teaching operators. It doesn't have to be that hard. And if you lead with your heart and be, you know, you're a good person and you take care of people and you treat people right and you have good systems, you know, you can kill it. And that's, that's kind of what, that's what I'm really passionate about. I love it. And I can hear your passion just like coming out right now. But I mean, 
let's kind of just go back in time a little and talk more about uh, how you discovered your passion for human relations in general. And when did you really start to dive into just focusing on that lane, that niche? Yeah, you know, well, when I started with Potbelly, you know, again, I, I, I was coming, I used to work for my father's company. It wasn't a restaurant brand. And I, I really just have this, I really love building relationships with people. And I'm naturally a very helpful person. Um, and I, when I started with Potbelly, you know, it's very entrepreneurial when you only have three restaurants and you just, everybody does everything. And I just kind of figured out what needed to be focused on. And I really was passionate about going out and identifying talent and who's going to be great for Potbelly as a sandwich maker and who's going to be great at managing the store. And I, you know, I learned a ton. I made a lot of wrong hires. I made a lot of mistakes, but it was really early on in my, in my twenties when I started with Potbelly that I really started to, and I started the HR department there. And again, I, I basically begged my way into a position that I didn't have the qualifications for, but I definitely had the vision and I knew that it was all about getting good people. And I knew that I had the ability to come in there and work really hard and and try to help operators figure it out. And I think the thing that's really a differentiator for me is that I really want to help operators you know, and, and being successful and making their lives easier. And a lot of times HR is kind of viewed as policy driven and, you know, putting together uh, systems that don't really connect with operators. And I've never been that way. You know, my, you know, to give you a little more personal story, my husband was the operator at Potbelly when okay. I started. We met at Potbelly. And so, and he's a tough cookie. You know, he is a true operator. And it was, uh, you know, getting him on board with, you know, he's like, HR, what do you really need to be in my store for? And is this really, you know, I, I can find my own people. And I was r- really, you know, operators do a lot. They have a lot on their plates. And I knew that I could help, uh, I could help uh, find great people and h- how are we going to get them onboarded. And so I just, it, it was early on in my time at Potbelly. And then I just kept every year, I just kept figuring out better ways to make things happen. And I see it now with all of the clients that we have. They're all restaurants. I only support restaurants, but they're all very, very different. Mm. They have different cultures and they have different focuses and they have different growth uh, plans. And so it's really kind of understanding where they are. And there's sort of fundamentals that you have to have in place. And I can help with fundamentals. And, um, but it's, it's really comes down to having, you know, I'm having the ability to create great systems and very simple systems for operators at all levels of the restaurant to be able to follow and then having, having good people. And then, you know, now I'm, you know, 20 years later from when I started doing this, I just have kept, I'm so, I, I love doing this. I love they always say, if you know, do something that you would do even if you weren't getting paid, this is what I love to do. Awesome. I, I, love, I love helping restaurants succeed. And again, it goes back to when I was a teenager and I saw, you know, these restaurant operators are very often the first boss for people. And I think there's a lot of power in that. You know, you oh can God, change yeah. somebody's life. You know, you can be that leader in yes. their life that may not have to do with the, the food they're delivering, but you can help shape people into stronger leaders. I so. love that you're mentioning this and I absolutely want to come back to it, but I really just want to dig into, first I want to say, uh, I love that you 
you know, this, this podcast is about what we can do in our restaurants to grow and to be more successful. Uh, but we also study the person. And I think we just need to make an example of you as somebody who doesn't wait for opportunity to come to them, but they create their own opportunity. And if we want to move ahead in our careers and eventually to become a, a person of value and have others invest in us, we need to carve out our niche and we need to add value. And you are a beautiful example of that with just seeing the need for this restaurant group to have somebody who focuses just on humans and human mm-hmm. relationships. And uh, you, you didn't wait for this opportunity to like come to you. You said, let's, let's do this guys, create the own opportunity <laughs> right. in your life. And I have to just, you know, make an example of you as somebody who recognizes just, you know, creating those own opportunities. Uh, thank you for sharing right. that with us. But, Oh yeah. No, thank uh, you. One thing I do want to talk about in this time of your life during this period of going from three locations to 200 locations, one concern I think a lot of operators have with getting big is losing that soul, losing that mojo, losing mm-hmm. that essence. Uh, because, you know, like I, I personally believe behind every great restaurant is a great person or great people. And as you get bigger, yeah. you're diluting what, what that essence is with every new location. Yeah. So what do you think you did for a popularity that allowed you guys to grow and keep that human like essence, that right. mojo, that soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's a really great question. And I will tell you that it is super hard. It, it, it's super hard. It was hard at Potbelly. It's been hard with a lot of my clients, but I think it comes down to, you know, we used to hear a lot, you know, Oh, you know, Potbelly's changing or this is changing. And it feels really corporate and it doesn't feel as personal. And I think that you lose, you know, that a lot of times operators, they get so they get so focused on the growth and that you forget about all those little people things and I think it comes down to making sure that you hire really great leaders that understand the vision and understand what's important and never stop talking about it and by the way you have to give so if you're in front of a bunch of managers and you're growing from 20 restaurants to 50 restaurants and you are meeting about the growth the growth the growth and you forget to talk about celebrate the little successes and things like that, then it doesn't feel personal. People want to know that whether you have two restaurants or you have 200 restaurants that as an individual you're cared about. Mm. So the owner of the company may not be able to be as impactful every single day because they're growing and that's not bad, but you have to have people that you're bringing on that are in those leadership positions that absolutely, uh, you know, embody the same values and care about people. And you have to keep talking about it and you have to give the whys. We're putting systems in place to make your life easier and to give you opportunities to grow into the next level and in constantly doing that. And even when you do everything right, you know, change is hard, even when it's really, really great. So there's, there's always going to be that level um, of complication when you grow a restaurant. But for me, Eric, culture is what it is. It's your culture is what it is. You can't put it on the whiteboard and that becomes your culture. Mm. You can't just type it up in the handbook and this is what our culture is. Of course, you want to define what you would like your culture to be and how you want people to feel and how you want your employees and customers to feel every day. But ultimately, what you what your people are living every day that's your culture and so if you if you care about it and you talk about it and you do different things not necessarily like mapping it out exactly you've got to do things that feel you know natural and normal and giving somebody a call on a monday just to say hi it's those little things those little behaviors that make all the difference in the culture and as a company grows as popelli went from 
a few stores to 20 to 50 to 100. It's, it's again, you bring in leaders, uh, the district managers or the director of operations or whatever it may be that are, in, they embody the values that you have uh, outlined to, to make sure that as you grow, you can focus on the desired culture uh, yeah. that you. I love yeah, it, Carrie. It's, it's beautiful. I love what you just shared with us. And if there's anything I can take from that conversation, I feel like when you think about growth, growth doesn't necessarily start with getting bigger. It starts with going inwards, personal growth and developing your people, growing your people internally, transforming them. Uh, it's a line from Tom Walters, his book, uh, it's my company too. And he calls it being the difference between a transitional company or yeah, like a tra- transactional company, sorry, where it's all about just mm-hmm. making transactions and actually transforming people. Uh, is that safe right. to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I think this, that, you know, everybody's got their unique company, their unique culture. And again, we're working with so many great restaurateurs and they all just figure it out and what works best for them, but they all have, the, the, the concepts that I work with or have worked with that have really have it together, they just really, truly are passionate about hiring people that care about other people that, um, you know, that want to work hard and that, that really, that really understand emotional connection uh, with people because companies are going to have problems and culture is going to change. And if people feel like they're a part of a group that is very passionate about them as a human being, them as an individual, it just, it becomes so much easier and the turnover is less, you know, it just see it across the board. If people feel as though they're working for a company that only cares about their growth or their finances or, you know, their recipes or whatever it is that you just lose that connection with people and then you have more turnover and then it's harder to keep people trained and it just kind of trickles on and on and it it's just harder yeah you know so one thing i notice i I feel like people who are trying to build culture in their restaurant or create culture they they think of something that is ideal and they just want to call themselves that what's the difference between doing that in becoming something that's ideal and living your values and being something that's truly amazing. Yeah. I mean, you've got to, you've, you've just got to, you've got to, fo- I think that it's, it's really kind of stepping back and I do believe you want to outline what you want it to feel like and what does culture mean and what do you want people to feel customers to feel in your restaurants right and then um you know and then out- outlining that and then moving in the direction doing the things that are going to get you there I, you know i it's it's like one of those things you know there's a lot of culture training and different things like that but i've always brought it back to and i think of i have a handful of my clients that i think of that really focus on hiring awesome people that connect to their brand and their, their vision. And they treat those people very, very well. Mm. You know, they're not, they're not focused on disciplining everybody and, you know, that sort of thing. It's really about treating people. They care about their families and they care about, and I have some clients that are rather large that do this very, very well. So I think it comes from the top though. I mean, you've got to have 
the focus has to be of the, the CEO of the company or, you know, that really is passionate about people and about culture and about being a great place to work. And it, and it becomes easier. It's still hard. Yeah. Even when, you know, even when you, you know, I'm a very small company, Restaurant HR Group, and I really try to connect emotionally with my team. And we are growing very fast. I've fallen off track many times. You know, and it's, but it's my desire to get back on track. It's, you know, I got too focused on bringing on new clients and then kind of inadvertently my team was not feeling trained enough. And, you know, it was, it, but I'm a good person and they mm-hmm. care about me and they, they tell me these things. And again, I'm a smaller, <laughs> smaller operation and I know it gets harder in restaurants. But, um, but if you really, truly, genuinely care about having a restaurant that feels great to work, you know, great place to work. Um, you know, I think that's half the battle right there because, uh, you know, a lot, I, I talked to a lot of restaurant owners and a lot of people, you know, they've outlined what they want their culture to be. And it all kind of sounds the same from concept to concept, but the actions every day tell me something different. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I, I'm picking up everything you're putting down right now. And it feels like to me, it's just the, the whole idea of creating something amazing starts with you becoming someone amazing and and then recreating yourself in other people, getting your values, getting what you believe the world needs, living those things, delivering those things, and then then recreating that in other people, mentoring people, developing people, and having it be authentic and genuine. And how do we get to that place? Like, what do you have? What what advice do you have for people who want to be in that incredible place where the, everyone's happy and it's a the 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 entity exists for the right reasons? Where do we start? Yeah, you know, that, that's a loaded question. And I think it's a very good question. But I think, you know, it, it, you know, I try to when I when I am in rooms of uh, when I'm doing a training or a workshop or having a meeting with a room of operators, and I talk about leadership, and it's like, how do you become a great leader? How do you really do this? Or how do you get people to, to understand every day, we're trying to be great? And why isn't it like that? This is, a, it's a very hard thing for people to put their finger on. But I, I like to do this exercise sometimes when I'm, when I'm with operators. It's like when you really think about, you know, think about the people in your life. You know, Eric, even if you were to think about somebody in your life that absolutely you think of as a stellar leader, somebody that's a role model to you, right? Somebody who you, you really look up to. It, 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 what, the person or people that typically come to mind or that may come to your mind are people that have connected with you emotionally. They may have very different backgrounds. They probably have very – some of the best leaders I know are the most introverted people I've ever met. They're not highly extroverted, charismatic people, but they understand me, they care about me, they, you know, they show me kind of the love and support that I need. So I think it starts with genuinely being that person. And if, if you're not that person, hire somebody to do that for you. Yeah. So hire somebody that's going to, to be a great leader and that's going to get the most, you've got to inspire the people and you've got to understand that the, everybody's different. So you've got a, you've got a restaurant filled with a hundred people. What matters to each of those people is very different. It's not easy to do this, you know, and, but it's, there are some people that I think naturally understand how to, to get the most out of a, you know, a a rest, a group of restaurant employees or the people that they're leading. Um, But I think there are certain behaviors that people can focus on that will, you know, that will just little do nice little things and care about call them, have coffee with people, have a meeting, talk about the things that matter. I think those little things equal a great culture. 
Absolutely. You know, so it's the things you do every day. You get up every day and you be you know, do nice things for people. And so that exercise is always interesting because we go around the room and we talk about, all right, who's your role model? Who's your leader? And it's very often parents, you know, or brothers. Why? Well, because they care so much about me and they're, they tell me the truth and they give me the support and they do the things, or it's a, it's a friend or it's a neighbor or it's, you know, a high school coach. And, you know, it's typically not some high profile leader. Yeah. It's not some celebrity, you know, and it's like, it's everyday people. And I'm very passionate. You can be an everyday person. And again, you can be very, very different in terms of how you're hardwired as a leader, as a, you can be, you can have a different background and be um, introverted or extroverted or quiet or not. It's, you know, if you think of like a sports Im- analogy, if you think of the sports leaders, some of them are a little bit more of a screamer, <laughs> you know, some of them, um, you know, have a different way, but they get the most out of their players because they care about them winning the game, you know, and they, they give them the tools and that sort of thing. So I think it just starts with, you know, really know, being yourself, being authentic and hiring great people and making sure that they know at the onset what it is they can expect from working at the restaurant that you're running and giving them a true snapshot of that. And then like what the day to day is, is, is reality, you know? And again, there's some of my clients that culture isn't always, you know, it doesn't, it's not outlined that everybody has to be family focused and, you know, high energy. I mean, that's just not real. You know, the reality is there are some cultures that they're very focused on, you know, profit driven and, and, you know, very clean stores. And, but if you, you got to hire the right people that are very inspired by coming in and working for a leader, who's going to push them a little harder and maybe not give them as many pats on the back or whatever it may be. Yeah. Got to be honest at the beginning. Carrie, you, one of the things that you said just recently is, you know, culture starts with you and caring about your people. And I agree with you. Culture starts with you. So if you want to, be somebody who develops a great culture, is it safe to say the first place to start is on you? Who are you? What, are, what actions are you making or you know, what do your actions say about you? And if you really want to attract greatness onto yourself, if you want to be something truly special, you've got to work on yourself every day, educate yourself, to, you know, yep. just anything you can get your hands on, on how to be a better leader, how to be a better business owner and how to just to have that self-control, that self-discipline. It starts with you. You will never attract onto yourself people that are greater than yourself. And if you do, they're not going to last long. They're going to go someplace right. else. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think being very self-aware and again, there are, um, you know, so focusing on developing yourself and, you know, that's different for everybody. But I think just ultimately, Eric, it's really just about being who you are, being, you know, I mean, you're not, you know, there's, there's a lot of restaurateurs or chefs or whomever that I've met over the years, and they're not going to go out and pick up a bunch of leadership books and read <laughs> them and try to be, they're just not, you know, and try to be a better leader. But, you know, they've got to figure out their kind of their, how they're going to do this, you know, and if they, they don't, if they find that they are having, you know, 300% turnover and they're leading the charge, maybe they need somebody that can come in and be that leader for them. Maybe they're not, you know, they really focus on uh, hiring the right people instead of quote, the best people. They've got to figure out who's going to be successful in their very high volume kitchen. They're going to work, you know, 70 hours a week. They, They have to figure out and find those people or they have to try to 
to change some things. Or, quite honestly, they have to be okay with that kind of turnover. Hey, this is the we have this is the the business that we're running, and it's a, a lot of work, and we know we're going to get two years of work out of people, and we've got to kind of plan for that. So I yeah. just think it's it's very different. It's definitely not culture is not like some one size fits all yeah. thing for any business uh, aside from restaurants. Even it's just it's just very unique. I, I, I do agree with you, Carrie, in the sense that some of us will be going out there starting our own restaurants and we're not natural born leaders where maybe I mean, there's different roles that are played in a restaurant like the entrepreneur, like the technician, you know, the chef, the, 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 the craft person. They might not have natural born leadership skills. So if somebody's listening to this podcast right now and they're saying, yeah, like I'm the best chef. I know, or I'm passionate about food, or I'm I'm passionate about accounting and systems and processes and managing. Uh, and they they recognize that they don't have that emotional intelligence, that ability to inspire and lead into you know pull everyone on your team along in the direction you want to go. How do you? What are we looking for? How do we find that person? How do we get that person on our team? Like, what's the first step? If, if an owner says they've identified that they're not the ones to play that role, then they have to start a search. And it can be in any way. They could hire a recruiting firm. Um, they could start a search through their own social media. They can talk to other people in the network. And I think it's really going and, and finding that person that's going to uh, complement the things that that person doesn't have. You know, if, if that person is really great at running an operation and their people aren't really inspired by that person, you've got to go out and find that person that is. And, and again, there's a whole host of ways that you can do that, you know, and I, I like the idea of tapping into the industry. This isn't a very big industry. I mean, it's a big industry, but it's a small world Mm -hmm. and you can meet the right people and you've got to find, uh, you know, make that perfect match. And it's, it's, it's a hard, it's hard because a lot of times people want to hire people that are like them and that's who they connect with, but really being able to identify, you know, what differences that person is going to bring to the table and remove the person from trying to lead. They don't really enjoy you know, dealing with the people problems and things that happen in the restaurants every day should definitely get somebody that can do that and do that very well and make sure that you identify exactly what that person's role is going to be. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I love it. And one thing you mentioned earlier that just lit me up and something I think we need to talk about today is that we as uh, restaurant professionals have the ability to touch and mold so many young lives. We can really shape the future by by mentoring, by educating, by empowering young people. And you had a post recently that I just loved uh, that really kind of highlighted this topic of somebody that you met who mentioned that you know they just have a bunch of lazy, unmotivated staff. Uh, so when you hear that there's like no good people out there, or there's an issue with the staff that's on my team, what is at the core of that issue? Is it the people? Like where where is the real problem? Leadership. Keep going. Leadership. Dive it's deep. the leadership. <laughs> it, it's the lack of you know. I mean, if you have, if I if I talk to, and I and this happens more often than I want to admit, but I you know when I'm having conversations with operators or clients or connections and their feedback to me is, you know, everybody today, all millennials suck, you know, or this, you know, nobody in my team, uh, nobody, I can't, I don't have anybody that's really stellar. Everybody's awful. You know, that, that if, if everybody on my team wasn't great, that's on me, Mm, you know? And so I, yeah. And so, I mean, I really believe that. I mean, you're all, the reality is you're always going to have 
poor performers. You're always going to have people that are, even your rock star performers, a year later, life changes, things happen, personal situations happen. People's lives change, and that's part of managing it. So to me, is if you're, you know, it's all about leadership. If you have, if you can't tell me who your rock stars are, if you can't tell me who's doing great, if you don't have anybody on your team that is, that is, off, is awesome, and, or if you can't, you know, if you just think everybody in the world is, is not up to your standard and can't work well in your restaurants, it's really an issue with the, the leader of the restaurant group or the business, you know. And when people really take accountability for the success or failure of their restaurant, they start to see a change. I see it all the time, you know? And, and again, there's, there's going to be bad employees and there's a lot of lazy people. I think young, old, in the middle, ever, you know, I don't think that's a, it's just a young issue. And, you know, some will say, you know, young people today, they don't want to work as hard. I have worked with some clients that everybody on their team is a quote millennial and they kill it. They work hard because they work for great operators that care about them, they reward them, they have fun, they put pressure on them, they have great systems. It's still, there's days that are hard, but they take full accountability for the success or the failure of their people and the success and the failure of their restaurants. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I'm getting from you is if if there's an issue of you looking out and you, you see things that you don't like, uh, it, that what you're seeing is a reflection of what you're doing and who you are. Yeah. Uh, so don't look out and look to blame other reasons for your lack of success or your, your lack of motivation with your people. It's you. Uh, make changes on how you're running your business and how you're treating your people. And you will see that there are good people out there and that they, they do exist, but they're yeah. literally they're an extension of, of who you are. Um, so if, if somebody is listening to this and they are saying like, man, like I, I, I feel like maybe I'm one of these people that uh, could be doing things better. What's the first place to start or where's the first place to start? I would have, I would have conversations with their people, mm. you know, and, and, but the, you know, the, if it's really, it just depends on the severity of the situation or if, if they're in a, you know, if they're in a place where they just can't keep people and, uh, you know, this person's like, okay, I'm finally getting it. I've got to take accountability for this. I mean, I think it just starts with every day. You've got to, you know, talk to your people. You've got to do little things. You have to be who you are though, Eric. I mean, so when I, when I'm talking to restaurant owners, it's not like I'm telling somebody to try to be more charismatic or, you know, you've got to be a different person. You have to be who you are and you have to figure out how to find people that are going to be inspired under your leadership, or if you absolutely don't want to do that, then you've got to hire somebody that can come in and do it. You know, so I think it's hard to make a a general statement on exactly what direction someone should go with this, because it just depends on, you know, their dynamic. And, you know, but I think the very, very first step is to care about it, Mm. is to take accountability for it. You know, is if you really understand that if you're if my business is doing awesome, I give myself credit for that as well as my team. If my business is failing and I can't keep anybody and people aren't happy, that is on my shoulders a hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm gonna, and because sorry, go ahead. if I have the wrong people, I, if I have the wrong people, I have to get them either out or fix them or mm-hmm. what, you know, it's like no matter what scenario, whatever direction you go into, ultimately it's my decision is I'm the CEO of the company or even as I'm talking, you know, I do, I do a lot of stuff with, restaurant level general managers. And we, t- I talk a lot about owning the process. 
and taking accountability for hiring your people and take accountability for building your team, you know, and using the analogy of sports coaches and they go out and recruit all these great players. And if you've got a player that's fallen short and they're not doing what they need to do, you've got to try to get them to be better. And if they're, if they can't, if they can't improve, you've got to figure out how to get them off the team. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when that happens, when somebody can improve or they're, they're just not the right fit, you're, you're not doing them any favors by keeping them on your team because they clearly just do not belong with you doing that work and you're holding them back. Uh, it's not fair to them. And they don't, a lot of these times, like these kids are young and they don't recognize what their strengths are. They don't know where they belong. And it's up to us to help guide them in the right direction and, and put them where they belong. Exactly. And, you know, Eric, with some of the, you know, I, again, I hear a lot, look, you know, the millennials don't want to work hard and they, it's, it's really about setting expectations from the very beginning. You know, I see people come you know, these um, companies do all this stuff to try to generate applicants and they put ads on Craigslist or Indeed or do whatever. And then they don't, you know, they, they bring these, um, candidates in and they hire them really quickly and they don't they don't tell them the reality of the restaurant that they were going to work in and they don't make them work hard to get the job and then they come to work for them not really knowing who they are not really laying out the expectations of what it's going to be and then they wonder why they're not working hard carrie it's transactional like like that's what it like people today i feel like and i kind of i feel bad for these young people because they didn't grow up in the same world where where relationships kind of held a, a more important role to day to day. Like we, we are growing up or millennials are growing up in a world of transactions where things are all tr- created to be streamlined. Is that safe to say? Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think you want to streamline, you, it's you want to streamline things. Definitely. Yeah. But what? If, yeah, but absolutely. at the same time you need that impact, you need to grow up in a world where people care about you. And I feel like what yeah. you're saying is, uh, we just go and you, and you put people, uh, you, you create these forms where people sign up and then they go through yeah. the system, but they never throughout that, the, those transitional periods where they're coming on board, do, do people take the time to care? and to really learn about yeah. that person. Uh, and yeah. if you want people to care and, and to take an interest in you, you've got to take an interest in them emotionally. Yep. Somebody needs to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it can be such a daunting thing when you, you know, you're the CEO or the owner or the restaurateur and you're like, oh, how do I, how do I make all these different, you know, there's uh, you know, 75 people in my restaurant. How do I, they all like want different things. You've got to create a culture you know, of giving and caring and learning and it's, and know that there are going to be a lot of problems along the way. And that's part of what, you know, you manage. And it's like, I see, you know, people like, Oh, I've got these, I've got these awful employees over here. You're always going to have that. I mean, you've got to manage that and Mm -hmm. lead through that, you know, and, but it's, it's really just, you know, it's just like with everything, I don't separate my life from my business, whatever. I just like want to be a good person. I want to take care of people. I want to, help people uh, be better in what they're doing. I know that, you know, with a lot of the clients that hire these young, they're not, they're not coming to work for these restaurants for 15 years. They're getting through college or whatever. And so you know that you've got to help them get through college and it's, yes, they're serving food, but like what difference can you make in their life? And, you know, it's, it's, it, when, when you do that, people will stay and people will care about your restaurant and it's, you know, it seems, it's, you know, it's like I do a lot of my posting on LinkedIn and it's kind of like, yeah, of course, yeah. right? People are always like, of course, that's how it works, you know, but it's a, the reality of doing it is mm-hmm. different 
than typing up a little post on LinkedIn and saying you should do it. <laughs> you know, that's the easy part. I hear you. Um, I, I just looked at the clock and I, I can't believe how fast time's going. But is there anything else you wanted to mention in this like free flowing part of the interview that we didn't cover that you feel like could just add a little extra value to the listeners? No, I mean, I think that's really it. And I think just to sum it up, I think leader, you know, great leadership, it just hinges on building great emotional connections and being a stand up person. And I do think not everybody in the world can lead a restaurant group, but everybody can be a good person and everybody can, uh, you know, work on building great relationships with people. And so that's kind of what I'll sum up that all the stuff that we just said with that. I love it. I do. And uh, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to restaurantowner.com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips to join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves. Head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable and because you are restaurants unstoppable listeners you will get the first 10 days for only one dollar again that's restaurantsowner.com slash unstoppable whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran there's always something new to learn that never ends but what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now, just find the tipsy banner in the show notes. We're back. And the first question I have for you, Carrie, is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic that you believe has contributed to your success as a hospitality professional? Oh, wow. Okay. So I think, well, I work really hard. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people say that. I care very deeply about all levels of the restaurant. I care about those cooks and the crew and the managers. Uh, but I think what I really am good at is I take things that are complex, HR policies and different things, and I make them really simple, you know, and, and that's, I've really built, you know, I, I know that I'm talking to oftentimes a room full of operators that are not HR people, um, that they're not about big systems and fancy words and all that. And so I, I think that's really my factor. I really break things down, make it really simple and 
that's my whole that's my whole thing. I love it. And what is your biggest uh, weakness? My biggest weakness, you know, I I definitely and I this sounds so cliche, but I it's hard for me to say no. And as I'm growing my network, it's hard for me to keep up. And um, I think I I really I really like to to make everybody happy. And while that sounds all great, it's really a challenge for me. So I'm really learning what to say yes to in terms of support or, you know, being available and what to say no to. But I think that would be, that would probably be my biggest weakness. Yeah. That's a big one for people in this industry because I feel like we're naturally people pleasers and we're in this industry because we love seeing people happy and we do get ourselves in trouble with over committing. So how have you, uh, dealt with that what things have you adopted to be able to prioritize who you say yes to well i'm it's a work in progress eric but you know i i mean some of it is i'm being forced to i mean i'm that person that's responding to stuff at 11 o'clock at night and four o'clock in the morning because i what what really matters to me is helping the industry helping managers and i don't feel that one position is more important than the other and so when somebody reaches out to me for a question, I want to answer it. So I, it, it's, it's honestly, it's a very, very hard question to answer. Part of it is I've just been forced to send back a quick email saying, I just, I'm so sorry. I'm so busy. You know, potentially we can connect in a few months. And again, it's, it's, it's the, the restaurant operators. I feel like I always want to give them the focus that they need, but it's, you know, managing kind of salespeople and things like that. It's, it's, it's hard. And again, I appreciate that everybody's working hard and trying to build their business. And I want to be respectful to that. So uh, I'm just, I'm, it's a work in progress. I'm, I'm really just trying to figure out how to uh, show the world that, you know, I'm trying to grow my, my, I want restaurateurs all over to know who I am. And so I got to figure out a way to, to manage that. So if anybody has any ideas for me, it'd be great. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Even just doing what you do and just uh, being, like you said earlier, it's so important just to be transparent and honest and who you are. And the truth is you're extremely busy. And as you get uh, more busy and your business grows, like more and more people are going to want your time and just simply responding and saying, Hey, uh, I appreciate your interest or I I would love to work with you, but I just can't because these are my priorities. Just being honest, like people will get it and just not just like ignoring it, but addressing it and thanking them and explaining real quick, maybe even like build a format or like a a template of I'm sorry, email uh, and just copy and paste it in there. But that just addressing it is huge. So I think you're doing the right thing. Yeah, no, I think that's good advice. What is one piece of advice you have for leading? We spent a lot of time about talking about leadership so far, but if you could just sum up like one bomb of knowledge on what we can do to be a better leader, what would it be? Um, Just be honest with people. Be, be honest when it's, when it's fun to be honest and be honest when it's hard to be honest. You know, it's a lot, a lot of times with restaurant tours and operators, I see, you know, that people don't want to give the full truth on things. And I think it's because they don't want to hurt feelings or, um, you know, that sort of thing. But I think it's so important to tell people the truth, even if it's hard to do so. What does telling the truth do? Uh, what's the outcome of just being honest, transparent, and truthful? How does that affect relationships? People know where they stand. Mm. You know, you don't, that doesn't mean be rude. That doesn't mean be uh, disrespectful in any way. But if somebody is not performing and they don't, and, and it, you know, the person doesn't want to tell them because they're a nice person, 
you know, I, I get it. It's hard. I, I hear this over and over. The hardest part is to tell people the truth, you know, the way it is. But if you don't, you're going to get the same result. So, I mean, I, you know, and it's funny, I will tell you, I didn't learn this. I didn't, I, w- I didn't get good at this until five or six years into my career at Potbelly. Yeah. I ran around telling operators what they wanted to hear. I knew I had to be happy and friendly and fun. And then when I finally started to get up the confidence to tell operators what I really thought about their leadership or if they were doing something wrong, the amount of respect that I got from them just it was mind-blowing to me. Yeah. And so that gave me a lot of uh, encouragement to, to move forward and continue to tell people the truth the way I saw it. And I'm not always right, but you know, just, it just, and it kind of goes back to just being an honest leader, just being honest and open. People know they're going to get the truth from me. And it wasn't like that. always, as I just said, I mean, it was hard for me to tell a very savvy operator that I didn't think they were doing a good job in a certain area. But when I did, and then, you know, maybe they didn't like to hear it, but they knew I was telling them the truth. It all worked out for me. (laughs) So yeah, absolutely. And like one lesson I personally have learned about just being transparent, it, when you focus on just doing things for the right reason and existing for the right reasons and living those values you set for yourself, it makes being transparent much easier uh, when you live mm-hmm. those things, if, if you if you have the right reasons. Uh, so if you find yourself wanting to maybe tell little white lies to cover up the truth or whatever, f- focus on changing the truth. Right. Like, you know, uh, awesome. Um, so what is a question, uh, you said, or maybe something specific that we're looking for during the interview process when we're trying to find, uh, great people, uh, what's one thing we can do to really kind of filter through the good and the bad people? Okay. You know, I would say instead of interviewing them, have a conversation, have a really in-depth conversation with the person, be real, be honest with where you are as a company, I mean, and, and make it a two-way conversation. It's a, it's a two-way, you know, it, it's, I see so many times it's a, and I'm a believer you can have a screen form and that can help an operator, you know, make their way through an interview, but you really need to have a conversation. Uh, you need to learn as much as you can about them and you need to be honest with, you know, we talked about expectations earlier, like from the beginning, here's where we are. It's so many times people started a company and, and you hear, this isn't what I signed up for, you know? So, so just being, being honest and, and true in the interview, but to, to get from the person that you're interviewing who they really are, you have to have a conversation, have some good questions outlined. You know, I, I, like I said, I do believe having a screen form with some technical questions and some behavioral example questions is a really good idea, but then really just having great eye contact and, and really wanting to learn as much as you can about who that person is, what their experience was and who they are as a person is the key to yeah. learning as much as you can. Yeah. yeah just genuine caring, uh, genuine interest. Yeah. It, it's, you can't put a price on it. It's invaluable. Right. Um, what it is, so this is a question I ask a lot of my guests or all my guests for the most part. And what is a current challenge? And when I ask that question, uh, almost always 90% of the time, it's the same question comes up so often. I'm thinking about just removing this question in general uh, <laughs> is finding good people and finding people is the, like a, such a, a challenge for operators today. So dive into that so real quick. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you want to elaborate? On... Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's the, 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 the answer that you hear a lot is it's about finding good people. I think that that's what a lot of operators think the problem is. 
but it's really the whole package. You know, they, you've got to really, you know, what's your, you know, what's your special thing and really being able to identify your, your culture, your vision as a, as a brand, who are you? And then selling that to the world and getting applicants that way. I mean, I get you have to do those things to go out and recruit and hire people, but I think, so my biggest challenge personally is teaching people this stuff at a bigger scale. I've got my handful of clients and we're good at teaching them about how to go out and generate the right people and how to utilize your internal team to find people and how you place ads that aren't just now hiring GMs, but you really sell a story. I think there's so much that can be done there. My challenge is how do I get this out to more people in the industry so they can learn. It's just these little things. You got to do things a little bit better if you want to be able to attract and retain great people. So, you know, but it it is, you're absolutely right. People across the board say, I can't find enough people. We don't have enough people. They probably have lost 10 people, you know? And so that's not the focus. It's always focused on recruiting. Mm -hmm. How do we find more people? Let's fix what's broken internally as we're trying to find you great people. And it's going to be much easier. Yeah. And I think that's it right there. If you, you know, if you take care of people and you create a reputation as being an amazing employer and, uh, you you become the place to work then that search for people like finding people isn't going to be hard because you're not going to be able like you're just going to be so just so deep in amazing people and if you take that energy and put it into just taking care of the people you already have i think i agree with you like that that search for other people is going to definitely start to dwindle which is a good thing yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I, we, we work with uh, a client that has a restaurant in a really tough area to find people, allegedly. We had, essentially, there was the wrong operator in there, and this person was an underperforming general manager, could not staff that store, and it was all about not having the right resources, not having enough budget to find people, blah, blah, blah. The, we, we, the person ended up leaving the company. We replaced the general manager with another general manager, Three weeks into it, the guy has never had a staffing issue. Wow. He's got a full staff. He's got awesome people. And it's because he owned it. He took complete ownership uh, of the process to find people, to bring them on. He had people that he knew from his other uh, other uh, business that he worked in. And, you know, he's had a full staff. People want to work for him. So, and, you know, and I see that a lot. That's not just one example, you know. And so really, you know, and I think that – multi-unit restaurant owners, they need to really put the, um, the ownership on the store level manager to re- recruit, hire, and retain great people, even if they have support from HR or recruiter or whatever it may be. If they own that whole process and they're really accountable for it, and they're, you know, that, that should be something they're very good at, <laughs> then it, it's, it's, all, it's almost always a better situation. The people that don't have the accountability for it. And I have a lot of experience with this early on at Potbelly. We used to hire field recruiters when we were just starting our growth and the the field recruiter would go out and try to find people. And then the operators didn't really think it was their job and it just never worked. You know, early on. Operators didn't think what was their job? Finding great people. They were like, if I'm short staffed, that's, you know, that's an HR issue or that's a recruiter issue. You know, if you're the manager, you might have support to help you, but you need to, you need to completely own 
having a full staff of awesome people. That's your accountability as the operator. That's that's my opinion on how that should be set up. And I'm curious, just listening to you talk, have you seen a, a trend where uh, people who tend to be more uh, active in the day-to-day, owners who tend to be more active in the day-to-day and are there uh, in the trenches with the people working for them, do you see that, that there's a, a trend in uh, employee retention? having longer employees. You know, it just depends on the size of the group. I mean, um, you know, these smaller groups when they, if people work for the owner quote, you know, they're like, that's why they're passionate about it. And then that starts to go away. That can be hard on the turnover and stuff. But I, I feel like, you know, um, you know, as, as a company, as a company expands and I've had a lot of clients that we've started with and they had a couple and now they have 20, the culture certainly does change. Some of them do it very well. They hire great leaders to either run the stores or run the, the district or the market and they have less trouble with this. And some, when the owner is less involved, then it becomes more of a challenge. I don't think we need to dive any deeper into that, uh, but <laughs> what is one book that's a must read to become a better person or a restaurant operator? There's a book called Rework that I love. Um, actually, David Morton, who's a client of mine, he's uh, with DMK. He's awesome, and he's the one that told me to read that, so that's a really good book. It's, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the guy's name, the author's name. It's all right. I'll link to it in uh, the show notes. This is episode three. 21. So just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 321 and I'll have the links right there. But what's the gist of that book? Like what's what really left an impact with you? You know, it's just a really unique, really unique way to think about running a business. It's really interesting. It's, it just challenges. It's not, it's not like a unique business book. And then there's a, you know, so it's, so it's just a very, it's a very quick read. I'm all about very simple articles, very simple, quick lessons. This book is written almost like there's a you know handful of chapters and it's almost like the size of a blog you know it's really short but it's very it just makes you think about business differently so I think it's a good read and then I also love um, together is better and um, I think I've seen this on your podcast the start with why of course those are some really great books um, that I think that together forever t- together forever by uh, Simon um, Sinek yeah Sinek is is a quick little motivational book. It's it's got a lot of little quotes in it. I personally like that. I'm not sure, you know, that oh, um, check it out. Yeah, it's a really cute little book. It's 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 got a lot of really good leadership quotes in it and things like that. So I really love that book as well. Awesome. And in regards to human resources, are there any technologies out there right now that you can recommend our listeners adopt that they want to uh, improve in that area? You know, I think there's there are so many uh, different platforms, HRIS platforms and payroll platforms, and I, uh, you know, th- there's a ton of them, and it's hard for me to pinpoint which one would be right. You've got to do your research. I mean, I think this is can be a very, it can be um, a costly investment, but I will say, if you don't have your systems together manually, technology is not really going to mm-hmm. solve your problems. Absolutely. It's not going to solve your people problems. Yeah, and but I think. But I think um, doing your due diligence and understanding what you really want, knowing where you are today manually, um, doing, you know, slowing down, 
researching different companies. I think it's really important. And I do have a handful that I, that I love that I work with and, and different things like that, but they're definitely not right for everybody. depends on your size and, and what you have going on and your budget and different things like that. So, so. real quick, what are some of the, like, what's one thing that uh, we need to consider that gets overlooked when you said, you know, do your homework, like, what are we looking for? Like what things are important that we consider? Um, what do you, you know, are you in multiple states? Do you want it to be a fully automated system? Um, what kind of, you know, are you full service? Do you need complex, you know, do you need tipping stuff, uh, you know, in the system? Do you want just bare bones payroll and you're looking for an ATS, something to track applicants? So sometimes you, a, a lot of the times, Eric, I hear that these companies buy these big full systems through different payroll companies or whatever, and they're very pricey and nobody knows how to use them. So they don't get used or what they sold, you don't really need. So I think this really kind of sitting down and understanding what is it we really wish we had? Do we want to eliminate paperwork or do we want to just have a place to put applications and resumes into an organized system and then just pay our people? And so I think it's really understanding. And if you have a couple hundred employees, what you probably need isn't the same thing as if you have a thousand employees. Mm -hmm. And so why pay for something that's going to be... Uh, you know, conducive for a thousand employees if you only need to. Yeah. I think most, most of the people that are listening to this are probably uh, small business owners to me, like medium sized business owners, say like right around yeah. a couple hundred. So if there's like one resource or two resources, if you're a small, uh, like mid like smaller business owner, like what, what would you recommend? And then maybe offer one for like a, a larger, just uh, so we can kind of narrow down the search. The, the, the companies you mean? Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, I think that, um, you know, there's, if you're smaller, independent, or if you're in your growing, I mean, I think you can look on, there's some, you know, there's a, a HARI is the name of an ATS system. Uh, they're, they're based out of New York, and I'm just starting to learn about them. So, uh, but they seem great. I have a guy that uh, I've known for a long time is very passionate about what they're doing. And they, it, it, you know, it sounds like a, a really great system for, for restaurant tours um, to track all of their hiring and onboarding and, and recruiting stuff. So that might be really great. And then, you know, we work with, uh, I partner with a company that's based out of Chicago. They're called Stratix, and it's a fully automated payroll HRIS um, from, eight, from, from recruiting all the way through termination. It's a bigger system, you know, it's really great. We actually manage the system for our clients that are a little bit larger. So, um, so we get the best use out of the system, but that's another really great one. And so again, it's called Stratix. They, they have various clients outside of restaurants as well as inside of restaurants. So So that's, that's a great system as well. What would you recommend as far as, uh, at what point, at what size would you suggest looking into a, a product like that one? Like Stratix, I would say a couple hundred employees. Okay. Maybe they would probably say a hundred. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I would say probably a couple hundred. That's when we see we have a lot of success because you're getting to the point where you've got to really track a lot of the, you know, healthcare stuff and I-9s get out of control and different things like that. So awesome. I would say a couple hundred employees would be good to start. Thank you. And with all the yeah. knowledge you have now, Carrie, if you were to go back in time, hindsight being 2020 and give yourself one piece of business advice, what would it be? To always be true to who I am. Mm, I love it. And- be myself, be authentic. <laughs> and you know, it's hard. It's easier said than done. I mean, I will tell you that has been my biggest lesson learned. Like you gotta be, you know, be who you are, 
and, and when I've made the decision, it was, you know, first, first five, 10 years of my career, I was, you know, mimicking other people and trying to say what I thought people wanted to hear. We talked earlier about, you know, being honest with people. But when I really kind of got my footing and understood who I am, this is who I am. I have this personality. This is what I'm passionate about. I've really, I've really seen success from that point. And to me, like success means fulfillment. I'm happy. I've grown my business, but it's because I'm a hundred percent true to who I am as a person. Do you have like any habits that you practice to kind of stay on path and stay true to yourself that you can share with us? Any kind of what habits? Like, <laughs> what kind like, of habit? Like, how do you know, like, how do you stay true to who you are? Like, how do you like remember just who you are and what's important to you? Is there, is there any advice you have for us who are, you know, just want to stay on like that center line and stay true to who we are? Yeah. I mean, I think you just got to, you know, you just got to, Really, you know, I, I don't know much about like self-awareness, but I mean, I really know where I came from. I know what I'm passionate about. I know that I'm not always right. And I think I just, I'm working on every day. It's a challenge for me, not caring so much what everyone thinks. And I know that I'm going to have people that are not fans of me or that don't believe in what I say, but I just challenge myself to, to be, I need to know who I am and I just focus on being that I, I surround myself with positive people that push me. And, you know, there's a lot of people that I have around me that tell me the truth of what they see. And it's not always necessarily something that I want to hear, but I, you know, it, it's good for me to surround myself with those, you know, with various kind of people. But I mean, I think it's just waking, being around, building the right team, being around people that support me and that do believe in me that are, believers in what my vision is and being around that positive energy is really great. But I, I think it's just, it's honestly, it's just a decision I've made, Eric. I can't, you know, I have to just believe what I'm in, what I'm doing and I move forward and I put things out there. And sometimes I know that it's going to get some, you know, maybe some negative feedback or whatever, but it's truly what I believe. And I just challenge myself to do that every day. I love it. Awesome stuff. And if there was just one question I could have asked you, Carrie, that you think would have provided more value to today's conversation, what would that question have been? Uh, maybe what exactly can a restaurant owner or operator do to create a better experience for their employees on a day-to-day basis? All right. So you know, what are those things? <laughs> what are those things? What are those? So now you want me to answer my own question. Okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think it goes down to just day-to-day behaviors. You know, and, and we talked a lot about caring for others. You know, call your people, call your sous chef on a random day and just see how they're doing, you know, and write handwritten notes. Do little things that are different. Um, sh- and again, it goes back to just care about your people. Care about what ideas they have. And, it, you know, go into the restaurant and don't open your laptop. Have conversations with people. Show the, the company that you care, you know, and, and it just comes through genuinely caring. But I think there's a ton of little things that people can do um, to get the engagement that they want from their people. Um, and, and it would be, I think this would be a very interesting question for operators. Like what are some things that you do uh, to create a better experience? How do you make sure you're creating a, you know, everyone's focused in this industry. There's so much focus on creating a great experience for the customer. 
Like, what do you do to create a great experience for the customer? Well, what do you do to create a great experience for employees? I love it. Do you have, do you have meetings? Do you have fun? Do you go out and do stuff? Do you do, and, and sometimes when I talk about this, there's a, there's a misunderstanding that you have to go out and spend a lot of money or a lot of time. And it's not really about that. I mean, those things are, it's nice to do nice things and go to dinner and things like that. But it's really, it's really just those little things every day. They say the little things matter and it's really true. Yeah. And you know, listening to you talk, I, there's this quote that just keeps on it echoing over and over in my head. And it's that quote, I can't remember who said it, but it's people won't care about what you know until they know about how much you care. Um, and that's so true. It's so true. It is so true. Uh, beautiful. Well, this has been a blast getting to know you and gathering your advice. And we wrap up every episode, Carrie, by calling somebody out. So who are some smaller independent operators, people that you would just admire who are just doing incredible things with their lives and their businesses that you would think would just make great guest mentors on the show? Well, the first one I would select would be my husband, but he's not very podcast like. He, I don't, I don't think I could get him on this show, <laughs> so he would be my first. But um, I would say my very first client at Restaurant HR Group was uh, Tom Jed Norowitz. Who I call him Tom Jed. He was the head of development for Potbelly, and then he went to start his own restaurant called Meatheads, which is a Chicago-based uh, burger chain. He is so smart. He is such a great operator and he is he's a real estate guy as well and I have all the respect in the world for him so I think he's great and I also uh, there's one of my very early clients is a guy by the name of Bill Post who is the founder of Roti and now he's doing some other things and he's he spent many many years with Levy he's he's founded some other uh, restaurants and he's such a fantastic person who just cares at a level that's off the charts and he's doing all kinds of cool stuff. So I think those two people would be awesome for your show. Tom and Bill look out. I would love to get you on the show. I'm coming after you and Carrie, let the folks at home know how we can connect with you. I think the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn, which you see my activity on there. You can go to LinkedIn. Yeah, that's where I kind of do a lot of my, a lot of my stuff. Um, and then, or you can go to my website, restauranthrgroup.com, and you can see kind of what we do. And, and there's lots of ways to connect with me via my website. Awesome. And again, this is episode 321. Head over to restaurantsunstoppable.com slash 321. I'll have all of uh, the, the links, uh, care. Carrie's recommendations and how to connect with her right there at three, two, one and a special shout out to Mike Ganino for connecting me to Carrie. That's how I found you. Uh, I'm so glad he did. You were incredible. And there is no questioning. Carrie, you are unstoppable. (laughs) Thank you, Eric. So (laughs) great talking to you. Cheers. Awesome episode with Carrie Luxum again, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. And I just want to share two closing thoughts. Uh, The first one is, Know your lane, know your strengths, know your weaknesses. If you're not a natural, empathetic person, caring person, somebody who really just likes to learn about other people, that's okay. We're not all cut from the same cloth. We have our strengths. Like You don't necessarily need to be an empathetic person. You could be a technician. You could be that person who's good at the technical stuff, who's, who has the attention to detail, who maybe is an accountant who maybe just loves cooking and just loves spending that time creating in the kitchen, the artist, that's fine. But if you don't have the other skills, you need that social and emotional intelligence, that sense of living in the clouds and creating a beautiful vision of 
something truly special, find that other person that does get it, who is a leader, who does inspire and, and motivate others and share just general general values and reasons for existence and can can instill that in others. You're going to need to convey these messages and, and communicate emotionally. It's very important. So if that's not you, it's fine. Find somebody who has those skills, who knows you, who trusts you and will go into business with you and or at least hire somebody with those skills. But I personally think it's a matter of finding the right partner who compliments you because if you want somebody to stick in your restaurant to the very end, they're going to have to have skin in the game. They're going to have to have a, a reason beyond a paycheck to come work and join you. So that's just how I feel. And the other big lesson from this interview was you might not be that empathetic, caring, leading, natural born leader type person, but you can care. If you care for other people, they will care for you. And there's tons of ways of showing you care for other people. Just be there. Uh, Listen, consider their needs. And know that your restaurant exists to serve them and to serve others. It's not about you. If you you get out of that about me mindset, that about me mentality and switch and pivot to about you, about my guests, about my employees, about everyone my restaurant touches and you genuinely care guys it's got to be genuine if you care about people they will over time you will together develop that trust that rapport and that beautiful relationship uh it's got to be real though guys and like always please do reach out to me my email eric at restaurantunstoppable.com facebook slash restaurant unstoppable and instagram twitter snapchat eric cacciatore i love engaging and connecting with my listeners tell me who you want to hear from recommend guest mentors who do you admire in this industry who's a restaurant tour that you think we should all be more like let's get them on the show let's find out what makes them tick let's gather their story their recommendations their advice so we can all be better by just listening and growing from that experience just surrounding yourself with these amazing people it starts with you guys reaching out with me i love those recommendations and if you ever want to chat i love talking to my listeners set up a one-on-one chat head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash one on one and keep those five-star reviews on itunes coming guys those reviews help validate what i'm doing here at restaurant unstoppable if you find value if you're growing if you're getting inspired if you're getting educated and you're seeing a change in yourself let us know how grateful you are by leaving a review over on itunes and uh all right that's all today carrie thank you again for joining us i love you guys all and until next time peace out